This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today I'm super happy. Okay. I'm super happy to have Vanessa Follow. Furlong. 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 Yeah. yeah. Vanessa Folong. <laughs> Vanessa <guy>. Folong. <laughs> um, someone that, I mean, I loved the film that Rajnesh made about you and just showed your strength and gra- grace on... <laughs> Introduce yourself, because now I was going to go on a tangent. So <laughs> tell me a little bit more about you. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, Vanessa Furlong, and I'm a circus artist uh, here in Halifax. And I'm just gonna like leave it right there for now. I guess we'll get into the the nitty gritty as we go, right? How did we get into the cigarettes? How did we get into the circus? Uh, so I started out. I was a student at um, Atlantic Circ, which is the the circus school over in Burnside. Um, so I was there in like 2006. Um, and then in 2012, I did my first professional show with them. And then in 2014, I took over their agency and, uh, yeah, run that full time. Mm. Mm. So why did you decide to join the circus? I don't know. Cause I'm a clown. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the closest thing to clown college we have. I don't know. No, I, uh, I have my degree in theater. Mm. Um, and when I moved to Halifax, I pursued theater a little bit. Um, I went to Bishop's university in Quebec. Okay. So, yeah. So I went there, um, moved here and pursued theater a little bit. But when I found out that there was a circus school, I was like, wait, you can have fitness and you can have theater and you can mash them all together. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. So how's the, do you, how was the experience been though? Like uh, when you first got to this, what's the process? Like I go to the school, I'm like, yeah, I want to be in this. Do you, is it tryouts, auditions? No, you just show up because they have adult classes and it's all levels, right? So you just show up and they put you in pain for an hour and a half and <laughs> you walk out and you're like, oh, I'm so weak, but I'm so strong and everything hurts and I love it and I'm coming back tomorrow. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's all levels, and and as you go, you start you you find whatever your thing is. You know, mm. some people go in and they want to stick to the silks, and some people go in and they just want to juggle. And yeah, you find your thing over time. So, and then what if you want to just be a clown? You go to France. <laughs> so for real though, for real though, like the actual the best the best clown schools that I got. They're, they're all in France. Like Paris was where the clown started. So, but we do we have some awesome. Like we had one guy that was here for a while, John Beale, um, who's based out of Toronto right now. Mm. Uh, it's just a really fantastic uh, clown coach, and 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 I don't know, clowns something totally different from what people think it is. Mm. You know, like everyone's afraid of clowns. They're like, you can put on really bad makeup and and scare my children, but it's. Uh, what I really like about clown is it's about discovering how to fail um, as as best you can. How to accept your fails and go mm. with it and make that funny. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just relating as much as possible to your audience. And when you first joined Atlantic Sick, uh, what was your thing? Uh, well, I trapeze and stilts. Those are my two main things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, the sticks. So Why did you legs. decide to get 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 on the stilts? Because nobody else was doing it, and I wanted to make the most money. So I was like, <laughs> We're gonna be 
funny all this. I was like, I do, they have this professional program, and they're like, everybody could pick their minor and their major. Mm. And I was like, well, everybody's doing the silks, mm. and everyone's doing aerial hoop. So I'm not going to get any of the gigs because mm. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the most flexible, but nobody else can walk on stilts. I'm going to do that. <laughs> so that's what I did. Yeah. So um, I picked that up and, and Wait, do, do you just, uh, how do you, do you sit down to wear them and then stand up or yeah. you stand up to wear you them? Just, you find like the, the nearest like really tall mailbox or, or a set of stairs or a table, um, strap them on. I, sometimes I'll use like the hood of my car. I don't know. And then you just stand up and go. Yeah. Really, really. <laughs> totally safe. Totally safe. Okay. So, so, so you, you, you put them on and then when you stand up, like, do they just, how big is a platform? Do they have a platform? Like, yeah. you need a skill to keep it upright. Is guess that's what you, I'm asking. You do. Yeah. It's like, I mean, all, all stilts are made a little bit different too, um, to where your uh, balance is coming from. Uh, some of the stilts, um, it, they come directly underneath the foot plate and some of them are directly beside. And so each set of stilts that you're on, it's going to take you a little second just to find that balance. But the foot plate is the size of your foot. Usually there's a shoe that's been bolted into it. Mm. And you just slip your foot into that shoe and away you go. Um, but yeah. But now... Foot, then you lean forward and you stand and keep moving. You... <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> it's a, seriously, you cannot stop. Like some people have developed a skill to be able to stop. Oh. But you, for the most part, you have to just keep the momentum going, shifting your weight from one side to the other. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, how heavy are those things? Ooh, I think one time we weighed the stilts with my costumes. It was like 12 pounds or something. It's not that bad. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're wearing 12 pound shoes. Yeah. So your hips get jacked. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. It's true. You um, uh, so you go down the stakes and then you decide, you know, I'm going to do this because no people don't care for it. How did you make it cool? Because I'm guessing people didn't go to it because it's not cool. Yeah. So, and still, still for the most part, like, you're not going to make it into Cirque du Soleil being like, oh, I'm a stilt walker. They just, <laughs> you know, they, they don't, they don't care. Um, they just assume that any of the acrobats that they hire, if they needed a stilt walker, they're going to, you know, slap some stilts on one of their acrobats. But mm. so, but this thing that's been happening, and it's actually happening quite a bit, um, uh, out in Arizona and started up here in New Brunswick with a company called Circus Stella is um, acrobatic stilts. What? Yeah. So that's when you have oh, the, yeah. yeah. So red, so red, so red. So you're doing, you know, your cartwheels and your back bends and your walkovers and your flips and, and balancing it, on other people. And yeah. Ping. It, sounds, it sounds like it hurts. Because all circus hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like, running hurts. Getting up in the morning hurts. But, but, but then I guess, like, if you're spinning on yeah. just your feet, mm-hmm. if you fall, you know, the heights you fall from is not that much. But yeah. if you fall from up there, it's not fun. It's not fun, but you wear padding and you learn to fall properly. Hey, you know what everyone says? That, yeah. How do you learn to fall? Well, it's the same as, okay, if you're not going to jump out of an airplane without first figuring out how you're supposed to land, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe you would. Maybe you would. I don't, I don't know. But but you do. You learn how to like 
absorb as much of the fall as uh, across as much of your body as possible like not to stick your hands out and just hope that your wrists are going to hold um yeah you just let I it lens out on the hard way uh, yeah, yeah 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 i wasn't always you know <clears throat> when i was growing up i wanted to be a stuntsman right so what i like because i was stupid <laughs> I, I, i'm not a stuntsman <laughs> stone people are stupid but Anyway, I wasn't thinking it through. Like, yeah. you know, when people are doing stunts, they, they make sure it's as safe as possible. And I'm going with my friends. And, you know, we're thinking of the dumbest things to do. So one of the coolest things we can come up was jumping out of a moving car. Because, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> I already don't like where this is going. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and the thing you don't understand about, like, moving the idea on the side about moving cars like you are going at the speed of the car so yeah. you don't when you jump out you kind of have to keep moving so i jump out and stand and next thing the oh floor moves and now i'm like oh i'm gonna support myself oh my god yeah yeah i was broken up but then as a kid you know when i was a kid there's this thing i just didn't i didn't talk much uh-huh. so i fell I just got out, I was like, oh, it's cool. I'm hurting like crazy. You know, my friends are laughing, right? But, you know, so I had to act cool. Anyway, I was broken up my wrist, my thumb and stuff. So, yeah, I learned that one the hard way. <laughs> How fast were you going? Uh, the car was pretty fast. Because right? the person in front didn't know we were going to do this, right? Oh, my God. And it was a pickup truck. Come on, like this. We're just stupid kids. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, huh? Let's put that in the next Cirque du Soleil show. Just, like, jumping out of cars. Oh, my God. That sounds so painful. Why is sex, uh, sex, why is sex du Soleil so good and so expensive, actually? <sighs> um, oh, boy. I... So Cirque du Soleil, it's like this, it, just this totally different genre that kind of came out um, of circus, and uh, which is now, it's funny because it's now considered a little bit more like classic, um, because contemporary circus is now coming out of that even, um, as an answer almost, not against it, but um, just a thing that came out of of what happened when Cirque du Soleil got so huge. Mm. But I mean, they're holding auditions and they're scouting all over the world Mm. so they're looking for the best of the best Mm. and they're putting all of them together on one stage Mm. they've got a massive budget they've got the best um musicians they have the best costumes they have the best stage design and they've got they're always trying to push like how wild can we get it you know like the next show that they're doing uh they're actually coming to halifax with it Mm. in august they're doing it on ice Mm. so it's like okay let's take these incredible acrobats and now let's stick them on a thing of ice with some blades on their feet and away they flip so like they're they're really always pushing those boundaries um so I mean, it, it's, you know, $75 a ticket here or something, but that is paying for the fact that these acrobats have rehearsed like eight hours a day, every single day since they were two. And <laughs> the fact that you had to hire like the top riggers in the world yeah. to come in, the fact that, you know, their stages usually have like some wild hydraulic thing happening and, and it's, it's paying for all of that. And so really when you think about the massive amount of work that went into it, it's not all that expensive. Mm. Um, yeah, but it's, I mean, it is a little inaccessible to the people that can't enjoy that kind of an experience um, mm. with that kind of money. But that's what the Internet's for. Right? <laughs> you know, we're all going to find it on YouTube anyway. So, yeah. yeah. What Do you think watching it and 
being right in the audience, is there a difference? You mean watching it live versus... Yeah, no, oh. not, not just Sex and Soleil, yeah. just any show. Anything, absolutely. Because you're... Particularly if you're in a little bit more of an, an intimate space because you're kind of... Um, you're feeling whatever energy the performers are putting off and the performers are feeling yours, mm. right? And so you have this kind of call and answer happening, um, which is why when you're doing a live show, every single performance is going to be totally different. It's depending on, you know, the mood of the audience and what type of people that you have in the room and, and how they're feeling that day and, and how the people on the stage are feeling. And mm. yeah, it just changes. Mm. So it's nice. It's intimate. So, and from 20, 2006, and why did it take so long to be in your first show? Because I think... 2006 to 2012? Yeah. Um, because when you're taking like one or two classes a week, you're only getting an hour or two of proper training. Oh. So, in order for them to be like, okay, you know, you, you have the skills, you have the know-how, and you have the safety to now be able to do your own thing and, and be professional with it, that takes some time, you know? Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it, it took a long while and I went from taking one class a week to two and then I was going in for the pre-professional program which is several hours a day every day um yeah so so it took some time to get to a place where I wasn't gonna get hurt and and looked okay (laughs) (laughs) I looked okay well I came into it late like I was 26 when I started circus why do you start because most people exactly like you said they started since they were two why do you why do you even decide to start at 26 it's just it's what i wanted to do you know i was doing theater i was doing film i was doing music i did all that and this was one thing that i hadn't tried and so i was like all right let's go i'm jumping in why not so yeah and and i didn't have um a lengthy dance background i had zero gymnastics background i had a little bit of cheerleading like that that was it um so they had to start from the very beginning like these are your muscles. This is what they're supposed to do. This is how you break things. This is how you don't break things. This mm. is, you know, it, it was a, it was a long process. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so, um, how was your first show? The first one? Yeah. That was nice. Whoa, was what like, did you do? Did you do stilts? I did duo trapeze. So I had a partner. Oh, like um, spinning you around. Yeah. So I had a partner who, um, basically he was the base and I was the flyer. So, um, he was, so the base is the person hanging upside down. Yeah. The one kind of hanging on to you. So I'm making the shapes while I'm hanging on to another human, whether it be his feet or his arms and legs. Um, and so, yeah, so we did a piece together, um, where we were saying goodbye to each other on an airport. Um, and it, it was neat. It was my first experience with um, Duo Trapeze, was training with him for that year on that. Um, and then afterwards, I was like, you know, this bass thing, I think I think I, I want to do that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not... Isn't... I'm not a delicate flower. I'm not, <laughs> I am not a flyer. <laughs> I am a base. So I base people now. Um, that's that's more my bag. Yeah, so, so and the thing, Rajnashti, about you, Raj. Um, the video she did for CBC, mm-hmm. uh, you do the bass with Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron and I base each other, um, uh, cause we have to get inventive with what we're doing. So um, 
you want to give a bit of background about Aaron? Yeah, so Aaron Ball um, is uh, my, uh, I guess, um, co-founder of the business uh, Legacy Circus. So she and I um, have just developed um, what we call Adaptive Circus, where we uh, are just trying to find new ways to do circus with different bodies. Mm. Um, so um, Aaron is actually a double baloney amputee. Um, and on any given day, depending on what skills we're doing, she'll choose to wear um, uh, any sort of attachment on her legs or take them off entirely. Uh, and so we needed to develop new ways that we could balance each other in new ways that we could hang from the air. Mm. Um, so this is the research that we've been doing. Uh, so there are some skills on the trapeze that uh, require hanging onto someone's feet. Well, when that comes up, then she's going to be hanging onto mine. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we kind of developed this, this new thing. We're spreading the love with that. <laughs> Why did you come up with the name Legacy Circus? Uh, <laughs> It's a little bit of a play on words for us because everything that we do is around our legs, right? So I wear leg attachments in the form of stilts. Um, she wears her leg attachments. But it's also um, we want to leave a legacy. We want for it to become normal to see um, just people of different minds and bodies on stage. Mm. That's what we want. Uh, so right now it's still kind of a token thing. And, and we get that, uh, but we want it so that any classroom at any point is inclusive in the people that are coming into that room and it's creating performers who do think and move differently for whatever reason that is, mm -hmm. um, whether they identify from being in the mad, deaf or disabled community and it just becomes a fact, you know, you can choose to... To, from a whole roster of performers, and some of them just happen to be disabled. Mm. So that's mm. what we're that's what we're hoping for. Mm. Um, and I know you're doing a similar performance with um, April. Yeah, April Hubbard. April Hubbard's are like our our baby circus performer. We're super pumped. Um, so yeah, April is uh, chair of the Halifax Fringe Festival and is someone that I started doing some research with um, back in January. Um, and so we've uh, created this duo trapeze piece as well as starting to experiment a little bit with duo chair, um, where April is a chair user. Uh, we do have some some uh, guest new apparatuses to choose from so you know see, see if we can hang that chair in here i don't know so we have this trapeze thing on the table and i'm looking at it and you're telling me kai's pounds and pounds and pounds yeah um what Lots. what happens if what was the what's the like if something goes wrong if something goes wrong mm -hmm. um well uh insurance I guess kicks in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so you hope that nothing goes wrong. So <laughs> I guess the key is you make sure that your performers are trained well mm. and they're rested well. You always check your gear and you only hire a professional rigger and you only buy professional gear and you've already eliminated some of the risks. Mm. Get yourself some insurance. <clears throat> 
and then the rest of it is just it's usually just human error. So is is in insurance for show different from insurance from like uh, the school or is it Absolutely. all Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh. would have you'd have I mean usually it's just umbrella it all under unless oh, okay. unless you're a company like um that that chooses not to do one or the other, you know, oh, you can, okay, okay. as a performer, um, if you're never going to be teaching another human being how to, then you wouldn't get the insurance to cover that. Mm. Um, yeah. And there's waivers for students and all kinds of fun stuff because the stuff is tricky. Mm. This is tricky stuff. And so it's dangerous. Like, uh, do, do the, do people come in, I guess with a mindset of knowing it's dangerous? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you have signs on saying don't try this at home and shit? Well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, well, we have sometimes we get the parents who are like, "Oh, I'm totally gonna buy my kids like some curtains and we're gonna put it up in my living room." And I'm just no, no, you're not. Please don't. Like, go buy your kids some juggling balls and like call it a day. Bring your kid here. That would be great. But. um no, I, it's on the waiver. Like, people understand any physical activity that they're going to do. There's an element of risk. Mm. Um, usually, um, I, I want to say always here in Halifax, from what I've seen so far, mm. um, the instructors know what they're doing. They know when and how to push up to a next level. They know how to spot properly. <clears throat> mm. um, so, yeah, you're you're risking... A tiny bit because you're you're going up in there, but we're not going to make you do something that. Yeah, and that's what I was going to. You're not so, strong enough to do. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I come in there. How are you going to like? I'm not, I'm not. Do I ask? Do I or do I say what I want to do? Or do you like? Uh, this. If it's an adult class, like each class, we're going to give you a little something different to do. So if you came into my class on your first day, and let's say we were doing trapeze, that trapeze is low enough that you can just plain old stick your arms up it's also low enough that i can at any point in time grab a hold of your body i'm going to let you know where i'm holding and when and how and then i'm going to show you how to get up and while you're doing it i'm holding different parts of you like your feet are going to be held down while your knees are wrapped on or i got the back of your neck etc cetera, etc cetera. and you've got a giant crash mat underneath you so mm. the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to like give yourself a hernia trying to haul yourself up <laughs> You're just like, I'm gonna get this, but like, yeah, no, it's it's all really slow and safe, and yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, how you realize this is setting you up for actually changing one of my classes? Like, I just can we just can we just say that's happening? You're coming in. I'll, I'll drop in. I'll try. I'll try. Just do it. Just do it. Uh-huh. So here's 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 the thing, though. Um, how long do, would it take? I mean, like. Not me, cause, but the average yes, person, yes. <laughs> the, the average person's time from first class to you can fucking spin her across the. Oh god! <laughs> I don't know. That's such a tough question. That's such a tough question. Like, there's so many variables there. It's like, how active are you on a day to day? Yeah, like, I, I don't know. You know, you like you guys are so strong. Cause we have to be. <laughs> we die if we're not. Like. Or we're injured. There, um, there was a video I saw. I'm not sure if it was on Instagram or someone else's. And um, so it was you and this lady, and she was acting weird, like she's crazy and stuff. I'm so wait, wait. Okay, so what are you watching? On Instagram, she was acting like this crazy old lady. Are you sure that wasn't me? Oh wait, a crazy old lady. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was you. You were that crazy old lady. Anyway, dude, you remember who took it off? You know she was acting all crazy. That was me. With the wig on. Yeah, yeah. That's me. That's me. That's me. I was balancing a chair in my hands. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. What was that act about? Like, was it, did you, did you just create it there or was it practiced? Did, yeah, so like, so the gorgeous um, person who's beside me um, is uh, Monique Ryan. Um, so she and I have been doing like this duo, uh, acro, adagio, bendy, fun stuff together for many years. Um, and in this particular show, we needed to find a way for this old woman character I was playing mm. to suddenly do this thing with Monique. And I was like, shoot, what do we do? So we made up on the spot. Oh, that was a nice Grandma one. stripping out of her grandma clothes and just happened to be in this in weird gymnastics outfit. Yeah. Um, and then we did, we did our thing. But yeah, that was, that was totally improvised. And like my thing with grandma Nan is it, she's like, the ugliest, most obnoxious character that one of the <laughs> ugliest, most obnoxious characters that I have, but there's so much freedom there. Uh, you know, like I'm up on stage next to these flexible, jacked, stunning people. And if I can be as hideous as possible and make people laugh, then I don't have this like competition that I'm feeling within myself. So it's like this really bizarre thing that I've done where I'm like, okay, how ugly can I be today? <laughs> you know? so it that's... was a cool act to watch. Yeah. Hey, how do you use, um, how does social media tie into the whole circus acrobatic thing? It's funny because a lot of people will say that they have social media to promote their business. Mm. Um, which is kind of a load of bullshit. <laughs> It kind of is for circus because, um, no, I, very rarely are scouts watching your Instagram to see if you're like the, because it's so curated, you know, like if I'm taking a video of myself doing circus, I'm going to edit out until I get the best part of what I've done and you're not going to see all the other stuff. So really all Instagram has become for a lot of dancers and circus artists and, and, and all those people is porn for ourselves. <laughs> We are. We're, we are checking each other out. Look at me. Yeah. We are checking each other out to be like, oh, shit, I like that move. I want to try it. Which is super, I don't recommend doing that unless you're a professional. I also, like, I've got some of my students who are like, how do you do this move? I'm like, oh, God, don't. But it is. It's porn for ourselves. It's, it's, it's an opportunity for us to look and go, ooh, I've got to step it up in my flexibility this week. Or, oh, damn, that move is a lot harder than the one that I'm doing or wow their makeup is really nice or I need to buy some new costumes it's just porn for ourselves mm. um, and the danger in that is is that there are these unrealistic expectations that are coming out of the students then they come in and they're just like I want to do this trick and I want to look like this and it's like well, you know that took 400 shots and a lot of filters and, <laughs> you know it's, uh, so but I think my favorite thing to follow on social media right now for circus yeah. is not so acrobat. Okay, I'll check it out. Hashtag not so acrobat is all of the fails. Oh. So it's like this person like doing three flips and then landing straight on their face. <laughs> or like the pole person is like super sexy into the camera and then like their cat comes in or something. It's just 
it's golden because that's real. That's so real. Like the amount of times that I have like farted on camera or something. Oh or like, you know, God. that's what we want to see. Let's be real. It is. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, with our show, uh, it starts out kind of with a circus, acrobats thing, and then yep. it goes into pole. Yeah. Do you find that there is a kind of a competition between people that pole and people that do acrobats? And not copy? at all. No. Not at all. No, it's two to a lot of a lot of the circus people do pole and vice versa. Oh, uh, okay. But it's two totally different things. Like pole. Um, has its place just as something that is fitness related. It has its place in the exotic dance world. It mm. ha- it has its place in the competitive world. It's just, it's its own thing. Um, but the benefits that come from doing pole and getting fit in that way certainly translate over into circus and vice versa. Mm. Um, but there's, there's zero competition there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I'm just saying <clears throat> Instagram again. Yeah. Everyone puts the best things, <clears throat> but um uh one thing I wanna talk about that uh also means a lot to me is that when we talked earlier, uh a circus for you is kind of a way to handle mental health challenges. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> how how did that happen for you? Which part? Oh, not a mental health. <laughs> <laughs> Which mental part? Health how deep part? we getting? Um you, you mean using circus? How yeah. to, uh, I think, f- I mean, for the most part, like when, when you're showing up to class, um, to learn anything, whether it's like dance or music or you, you've got a craft or a hobby thing that you're doing, whatever class that you're going into, you're going in there to kind of escape, um, your everyday. You're going there to escape the work. You're, you're just going there to just kind of feel yourself out. Mm. Um, and so it started out as that. And then it was trying to get into that a little bit deeper to create a performance. And you're starting to figure your own self out there. Like, what what am I really good at? And, and how do I express myself? And what songs am I choosing and why? And what story am I trying to tell? Um, and then from there, once you've done that for a bit then you start researching that a little deeper um, and and kind of making that your your journey, uh, your purpose as an artist. You know, for, for me, I didn't really take circus super seriously um, until I had had a family. And then for me, that became my everything. That was, that was my purpose. I was like, okay, I, I have this purpose here. Um, and so a lot of what I do on the stage is reflecting that is, is trying to find the best version of me that I can pass down. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Profound. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna end it with this though. Uh, for someone like me that hasn't done pull up, like whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, what advice would you give to me coming to a class? I would just come to a class being ready. To try it, to possibly feel uncomfortable (laughs) Um, because a lot of people go in and they get super hard on themselves. They're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to or I don't want to show a person that I can't get my leg up there right now. I just go in and 
be open about that because if you have the right instructor and if you have the right mindset going in, you're going to surprise yourself an awful lot. You're going to go in and you're going to be like, wait, oh, shoot, I didn't know that I could do that. And and you walk away feeling really good about yourself. Um, and every day you're going to get stronger. You're going to want an Epsom salt bath at the end of this. <laughs> but yeah, you just you have to walk in with an open mind, you know? Like the class might be about juggling that day and you might think that you hate it, but then you'd be like, wait, this brought focus. Like I feel like I just meditated for three hours. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks yeah. so much for coming. Thank I'm you so, so much grateful. for having me. Yeah, this was nice. Very nice. Yeah. This is the Blackout Podcast. Thanks for listening.